Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Today marks the one-year anniversary of Arlington Street's first virtual worship service. While this community has done a remarkable job of uplifting and upholding one another through the pandemic, it has still been an extraordinarily trying time. For so long now, we have carried fear, isolation, loneliness, anxiety, and the frustration of wanting our real lives back. Here's a telling statistic from the New York Times. Over the last year, one of every 43 Times articles has included the word grim. I've been reflecting a lot on what this year has meant to us and all of the ways that we've changed. So many of us have embraced technology in previously unimaginable ways. The co-chair of our Prudential Committee and today's worship coordinator, Daryl Waters, who came into the pandemic with a flip phone, now spends hours every day in the Arlington Street Zoom Room, helping to lead us through this time. Thanks to Zoom, our reach is finally expanding to match the size of the Arlington Street community's tremendous heart. It has been astounding and gratifying to welcome new members and friends from across the country and around the world. I am so grateful for, this, for the ways this virtual platform has held us together, allowing us to gather here each Sunday and stay connected in amazing ways throughout the week. Technology has given me the magnificent gift of being able to spend the last three months in Florida, working from my parents' house at the beach. Best New England winter ever. While the technology has served us in wonderful ways, we've also seen it obliterate the already fuzzy lines separating work and home, labor and leisure. Weeks that unfolded before the pandemic with rhythm and structure now feel like a blur of Groundhog Days. It is hard to distinguish between them and much too easy to work all of the time. As we begin to envision being able to be together in real life again, even in tiny groups, what does it mean to wean ourselves from all technology all the time and restore it 
to its proper place in our lives. I've stumbled on an idea that's really taken hold of me. I'm excited to share reflections with you this morning on what it might mean to give ourselves an intentional break and to make time to rest and recharge each week. As thoughts about reclaiming our humanity from the saturation of technology were roiling in my mind, I got a notice from my bank, of all places, about their upcoming speaker series. While I usually ignore these, one of the sessions caught my eye. I joined the webinar prepared to half listen as I wandered in and out of the room multitasking. Presenter Tiffany Shalane describes herself as a secular Jew reimagining the ancient practice of Sabbath for the 21st century. When I heard her say, Tech Shabbat, she suddenly had my full attention. Here is this biblical idea zoomed up 3,000 years into the pandemic. Before I tell you more about Tiffany Shalane and her game-changing practice, let's get on the same page about Shabbat, the Hebrew word for Sabbath. Genesis, the opening book of the Bible, tells us the story of creation. For six days, God works resolutely, churning out heavens, earth, stars, fish, humans, and more. On the seventh day, God rests, the first Sabbath. God blesses the seventh day as a day of rest, making time the first thing to be declared holy. When God passes down the Ten Commandments to Moses, he directs the Israelites to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. It's been said that the Sabbath is one of Judaism's most pervasive and long-lasting gifts to Western civilization. The Sabbath is observed each week from sundown on Friday through nightfall on Saturday. It is both time off from labor and a time of delight for body and spirit. Philosopher and theologian Rabbi Abraham Heschel describes the Sabbath as a palace in time that we build with soul and joy. Shabbat customs vary widely between denominations but home life and community are always central. To mark the arrival of the sacred time, Jews traditionally gather with friends and family for dinner. In the Washington Post, Jay Lefkowitz wrote an opinion piece called, When the Calendar Blurs, Everyone Needs Shabbat. Even in the midst of the pandemic, he affirms what makes these Friday evenings different is how they are constructed around the themes of Shabbat. Candles to remind us of the elementary act of creation, separating light from darkness. And blessings over wine to remind us of the importance of taking stock each week of what we've accomplished. And in trying to emulate the creator, whoever or whatever it might be, 
It's a small weekly reminder that each of us has the power to shape in some small way the world in which we want to live. Orthodox Jews follow a complex set of prohibitions to avoid anything that could be construed as labor on the Sabbath. Things like cooking food, turning out lights, handling money, and watering plants are all forbidden. They are literally remanded to rest and restore. In 2000, when Al Gore selected Joe Lieberman, an Orthodox Jew, as his running mate, there was much speculation as to how Lieberman would accommodate his faith and observe the Sabbath. In this interesting cultural moment, you didn't have to listen very carefully to hear how frightening the idea of stopping is for people. My colleague, Reverend Anna Levy-Lyons, who serves our congregation in Brooklyn, describes herself as part of the movement of progressive religious people reclaiming and redeploying Sabbath practice. She says, our world desperately needs a pause button. And not just any pause button, but a spiritually charged, heart-opening space that's set apart from our regular lives. We need sacred time. We need time outside the cycle of work and consumerism. We need unplugged time. We need time alone, and we need time together. We need time to dream and think and pray and meditate. We need time to play. We need time to luxuriate in life's fountain of blessings. She describes the Sabbath as choosing every week to surrender to a deeper principle of joy and meaning as we confront the fundamental question, to what or to whom do I ultimately belong? To my possessions? To my boss? To my insecurities? To my fears about the future? To my boundless thirst for more? All of which brings me back to Tiffany Shalane's Technology Shabbat. Each week, her family celebrates the Sabbath by unplugging from digital life for a full 24 hours. On Friday evening, devices are shut down. Shabbat begins with a lively dinner. On Saturday mornings, Shalane and her husband spend time talking, journaling, and reading while their girls sleep in. They spend Saturday afternoons doing fun things as a family. They love to cook, play instruments, listen to music, paint, take a family bike ride, or just do nothing. Reflecting on the impacts of a decade of this transformative practice, she says, our tech Shabbat ritual feels like magic. It seems to defy the laws of physics as it both slows down time and gives us more of it. I laugh a lot more on that day without screens. I notice everything in greater detail. 
I sleep better. It strengthens my relationships and makes me feel healthier. It allows me to read, think, be more creative, and reflect in a deeper way. Each week, I get a full reset. The positive effects radiate out to the other six days. It even helps to renew my appreciation for all that I have access to online. Who would have thought technology could be more powerful in its absence? I was so intrigued by the idea of the Tech Shabbat. I couldn't stop thinking about it and talking about it. I found myself starting a lot of conversations with, I heard the most interesting presentation the other day. But where was I going to come up with a whole extra day? Then I heard Tiffany Shalane's voice in my head telling me that if I took this leap of faith, time could change. With the spaciousness that Sabbath could bring, there actually would be a feeling of more time. How could I not? I decided I had to try the Tech Shabbat. The hardest part was figuring out when I could carve out that 24 hours. The traditional Friday evening start wasn't going to work for me, <clears throat> so I got creative with my calendar. Then I had to decide on my guidelines. I was game for the baseline of disconnecting from all of my devices that provide a portal to the big wide world. I would still wear my Apple Watch, but put it in do not disturb mode to insulate myself from the relentless pings. If there was a book I wanted to read but didn't have a real life copy, I decided it was okay to read on my Kindle. And I went halfway with Alexa. She and I could still talk about the weather and music, but not about the news. I gave Reverend Kim my landline and told her to call me on it if there were an emergency. I accepted that the news cycle would spin on without me and found odd comfort in realizing that it didn't really matter if I was on top of the headlines in real time. I would miss my podcasts and the connection of the ongoing text conversation with my sister, but accepted that if I wanted the magical benefits of the tech Shabbat, I couldn't be selective. I knew I had to disconnect completely, but still felt a significant amount of trepidation as I powered down my phone. Once the screens were off, I had to decide what I was going to turn on. Earlier that week, Kim had asked me what I planned to do with my Sabbath day. I said, hmm, I'm not sure. I'll probably read, maybe go to the grocery store. Shalane says to consider what you want more of in your life and fill your Sabbath with those activities. Author Dan Allender asks, what would you do for 24 hours if the only criteria were to pursue your deepest joy? I decided that my criteria would be that I only wanted to do things that felt delicious. 
I didn't do anything monumental on that first Tech Shabbat. I mostly did things I do on a normal day, meditate, read, walk, but I did them in a way that was spacious and unhurried. I wasn't rushing to squeeze them in before my next meeting. I felt gloriously present, like my soul had the chance to catch up with me. I marked the start of that first text Shabbat with a simple, deep breath. Rabbi Heschel taught that on the Sabbath, we try to become attuned to holiness in time. I put away the giant computer that dominates my coffee table most of the week and gathered the piles of paper that pop up everywhere like mushrooms. It was a wonderful feeling to reclaim my space for living, literally putting work in its place. I went for a long walk on the beach and spent a lot of time admiring the deep blue of the wide sky. The path to the ocean at my parents' place takes me past the community hot tub. Most days I gaze longingly in its direction and then look at my watch and trudge on. Free of obligations on this Sabbath day, there was no reason not to indulge in a nice long soak. When I got home, I cranked up the music and took time to make a delicious meal. I ate actually tasting the food without a screen between me and the plate. I spent lots and lots of time reading. I read on the porch in the sun and lounging out on the couch. It felt absolutely decadent. When the sun went down, I lit the candles and I read some more. I went to bed early. I really embraced the rest part of the day of rest. I slept for 11 straight hours the night of my first Tech Shabbat. Technology is a grace-filled tool, but it also depletes us. Do you remember, back before planes were equipped with Wi-Fi, how lovely it could be to fly? Being productive wasn't really an option, so we tucked into a stack of magazines or engaged our seatmate in a meandering conversation. I felt that sense of spaciousness during my Tech Shabbat. By removing the option to be productive, I also let go of the sense of obligation. Without any shoulds nagging at me, I felt instantly lighter and flooded with ease and joy. With the freedom to choose what I wanted to do, I picked only activities that would delight me and nourish my soul. Oh, and I did not go to the grocery store. Errands are not delicious. After 24 hours, I fired up my phone again with a mix of eagerness and reluctance. In some ways, it was more bitter than sweet to re-engage. Some of you can appreciate the daunting task at hand when you don't answer your email for 24 hours. And we don't always realize the incoming hits of negativity we're asked to absorb if we're not selective about technology. 
And so my thoughts turned to when I could unplug again. I wanted more of that expansiveness. And now, as I've done it again and again and again, I'm realizing that there is really something to this. The Tech Shabbat has become the anchor of my spiritual practice. I continue to keep it simple. The chance to recalibrate each week transports me to a more spacious place where I'm better, to prepare, I'm better prepared to handle whatever is waiting for me when I restart. The Tech Shabbat is one of my most treasured gifts of the Great Pause. My friends, I'm going to close by inviting you to join me. I want for you the spaciousness, peace, and joy that I'm discovering in my Tech Shabbats. Explore a version that might work for you. You can start on any day of the week. If a full day is too daunting, start with a half day. Start with an hour. Sabbath is a spiritual practice. We get better at it the more we practice. Reverend Levy Lyons says, the tension between the call of work and the call of the Sabbath becomes merely weight added to my spiritual barbells. Another opportunity to destabilize my ordinary world and lift up my deepest truths. Sabbath observance takes discipline, ironically, to enter into an undisciplined, formless time. It takes discipline to reimagine our world. It takes courage to assert and reassert our freedom. It takes a true leap of faith. We may still be stuck at home, but as we know, we can support one another. I am here for you, and I can't wait to hear about your Shabbat experiences. May we make time holy, building a palace of soul and joy. I wish you a good Sabbath. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. These words come to us from songwriter Bob Frankie. It's so easy to dream of the days gone by. It's a hard thing to think of the times to come, but the grace to accept every moment as a gift is a gift that's given to some. What can you do with your days but work and hope? Let your dreams bind your work to your play. What can you do with each moment of your life but love till you've loved it away? Love till you've loved it away. Let's keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.